that's the only logic. The only logic for NIP missing out is, well, it's NIP. But that is infalli infallible logic. Welcome to Overtime on Inferno, your weekly roundup of all the big stories in CSGO in less time than it took pain to get some extra salt in their veins. A quick reminder to remember to rate and review us at the end of the episode. It really helps us. I am Logan. This is AZ-esque. Let's get into it. We didn't think we were going to have a lot to talk about today, but little did we know that like an hour before we started doing anything that is a was benched for Moji. Yeah, I mean, that's huge news. I mean, it's something that's... It, it feels like it's been going to happen for a long time, right? Like everyone's felt like Issa's going to be leaving OG. Thorin certainly has. I think it's finally come to to fruition. OG have been super underwhelming for a little while. You haven't really followed them. Uh, they've not really won any events. They've generally struggled to stay around the top 10. It's mainly been about a 15th place team. For most of their existence at the moment, they're really struggling. So we've felt that change is going to come. Uh, they replaced ne uh, MBK sorry, with Nico, the Danish one, not the Bosnian one. Is that official yet? Or is he still a stand-in right now? I think he's still a stand-in, but it's kind of like an open secret, I think. Yeah. It seems that way. And then that just leaves one spot. Now with Issa leaving, Issa has had obvious problems inside the server in terms of his fragging, but a lot of that comes, especially at the moment, a lot of that comes because his ping is higher. Uh, he's been unable to get into the into Europe to improve that ping at the moment because visa issues. It's not been a great situation for him. That said, even pre-corona, he was a little bit underwhelming as a rifler, as a player. I've always liked him, so I thought he was fantastic on Hellraisers. I've always liked him. But he has not been the Hellraisers Issa on OG. Uh, and yeah, he is left today, as we're recording this, tomorrow as you're hearing it, probably, hopefully. So I don't know where OG go from here, but I will say it's easier to find a star player to improve your team than it was to find somebody to replace mbk i think it's just can you afford to buy one yeah so the the first couple of names of just random people that like big people that are not on a contract currently so kenny s is there i don't think they'll pick him up because they've already got a good opera in mantu it just it wouldn't make sense to me so uh, a certain danish entry fragger is definitely available um which Hell they could yeah. go either way on that and you've got the valde connection with there as well I've I've seen shit talking about OG Rops. I don't think that's going to happen, but you never know. I think Rops would cost too much. And I think he's too similar to Valde. Maybe not. Maybe he's not too similar. Maybe they, they do sort of play. You could put them on opposite ends of the map and have Valde as the sort of more passive rifler and Rops as a lurk. But... They're both quite passive. Neither of them are insanely aggressive on the T side, certainly. So I think that might be a little bit strange, especially as Issa was generally uh, an entry type player. Yeah, this would have been the team that Twist would have fit really well on if he didn't go to Face Clan. I think this. That's been true. A yeah, I think Twist would have been fantastic here. It's a little. Bit, it's a shame for them that JKS went to Complexity because he's a player that 
in terms of numbers would fit, maybe not in terms of role. However, having said that, he hasn't really set the world a lot of complexity either. Yeah. Uh, I know we're going to talk about Nivera later, but Nivera might be a good fit. Um, just as kind of a flexi player that has played well on a tier one team recently. And he wouldn't Nivera's be that expensive either. flexible. However, I'm not convinced he's a superstar, which is really what OG need. If I'm OG, I'm probably looking towards... I'm probably looking towards a tier two, somebody who is a star in the tier two or tier three. Somebody like... A few moments later. <laughs> I don't have a, I don't have one to hand. I'm trying to think of who... There was a player I was thinking of. I mean, you, we just saw Entz pick up Spinks. Somebody of that sort of level is um, sort of what I neck, mean. There's, there's another Israeli player who was on... There's Flames. It's flames, not flames is really good. There's another one, but Flames. Uh, who's he playing for right now? Flames. Last I heard was on Endpoint. That's somebody who I would consider. He's a incredibly talented player who's looked really good in the tier two scene. He's used to being a star player, so it's not like a complete role change. And he's going to be cheaper than buying a recognized star with a potential upside. I, I think you're really going to struggle to buy a uh, to buy a player who is the level that you need who isn't a massive gamble. So I would take the gamble and say, maybe this doesn't work out. Maybe we find the next best player in the world and we become one of the best teams in the world. That's how I would look at it. Uh, there's also uh, Nico uh, Nikudos, Nico Odos, Copenhagen Flames. It's another player who sort of come out of nowhere, looks fantastic. I just had a thought about Finland. And so Doesn't I know, exist. I know <laughs> the Havu team that's actually doing really well right now has both X seven and Ariel on it. Both of the players who are doing really well right now, specifically X seven, actually no Ariel's doing really well too. I'm, I've got the stats page pulled up They're between the two of them. They're averaging like 1.2 ratings, right? Either one of them might be good if Alexi B still has good relationships with either of them. Um, I know he broke a lot of... Uh, I know the the whole leaving Ents thing had some drama around it, but you don't know how that actually affected between Alexi B and the rest of the team as comparative to just Alexi and Alo. I think Ariel cut some... You know, uh, burned some bridges, especially. I think X7 maybe, but I don't think X7 is a... X7 would have made more sense as the MBK replacement, I think. Than the uh, Issa one. Ariel stylistically would work. But as I say, I think he burned some bridges with um, Alexi. I can't see those two teaming up anytime soon. I'll put it that way. All right. So what have we learned from this conversation? We have no clue who OG's going to pick up. Absolutely not. But being an international <laughs> team who needs a star player is a really exciting position to be in. It's really exciting for all of us, the OG are an international team with money who need a star player because the scope is huge for the level of player they could bring in. Yep. I mean, they could make me happy and bring AZ in. They could get an entirely new, you know, they could pick up a Flames and get an entirely new fan base that we've not really seen at the top level of CS before. A player who looks really exciting in the tier two scene and see if he can make the step up. They, they could, could go, pick up mobs MD. Way. They could pick up Mal. I mean, 
they need an entry fragger, right? That guy rails heads off. Yo, uh, he's, he's the doctor insane. of Counter-Strike. That's all it is. <laughs> Malves is insane. I mean, I, I genuinely would try and sign him if I was on If I was the GM of a top 30 team, I would try and sign him. I think he's amazing. There's so much scope for the level of player they could pick up. They could pick up an American player. I, I mean, the, the, the American player that I would say they could pick up, that they would pick up, is OC, but that doesn't fit the team on the OC way that it works. absolutely <laughs> smurfs in the NA scene. It is obscene. Oh my god, it's so good. We're going to talk is... about OC later. We're going to talk about OC later. Let's we are. Hold like... it, but like, OC would be a good player to be on that team. He's the best player in North America right now that's not on Liquid or EG, right? Oh, I think comfortably. we can say that we, comfortably, right? The issue is he's an opera and they have Manto already, and I don't think Manto is the person to move on from because Manto has been playing well in OG. So there's no... There's no reason to bring in another opera in that point. The the other option I would say from America, and it's a it's a bit of a low-key one, is Cynic on Triumph. I think he's really good. I don't know if you've watched much of Triumph. Uh Sheikh Zula is a he's a genius. I don't know how he keeps Sheikh Zula is actually players. a genius. Sheikh Zula is a genius. And I really want him to get onto a better team so he can IGL a better team. Because he's just, he has the biggest brain known to humankind, I think. It, he is the one-man savior of NA Counter-Strike, Sheikh Zula, because he will keep finding these jet, like unpolished gems and polish them. Cynic is really good. He is genuinely somebody I would consider if I was, uh, you know, looking to make a gamble on a player who I think could make the step up. I think he's fantastic. However, your your issue there is that there's rumors of EG and um liquid players even going to valorant sometimes yeah so he, but he uh, might be holding uh, out for a move like that for some context there that those are naf and Tarek tweeting gifts of valorant and the, the at least Tarek on his own is a huge troll on that kind of stuff so i don't put a huge amount of rumors into that and naf's just kind of naf so like i don't put a huge amount into that either <laughs> i don't think Tarek was entirely trolling I don't think he was entirely trolling, but I don't think he was entirely being truthful. That's probably fair. I think I I think Tarek has probably considered switching game. I'm sure that every single North American player has considered switching it. I think he was more serious than you imagine. Regardless, I the scope for the level of player and the type of player OG can sign is absolutely huge and that is the most exciting for all of us because it could be almost anyone they could go the complete opposite route and like pick up flusher and you'd still kind of be like i can see that working i could totally I mean, see it'd be working. insane but there's so much scope for the level of player they can pick up and that's so exciting but it also means i have absolutely no idea who it's going to be all right i have an idea let's, let's switch gears a little bit about issa I have an idea of where I want him to go. And this is the stupidest idea I've ever had, but I want him and Waxic to team up with the old Space Soldiers lineup that's playing <laughs> for Sangle right now. And I want that to be the team because they won't have ping issues with each other because they're all in the same general area. Calyx is available again as well. Although I Calyx think Calyx and, don't Calyx and Waxic not get on? I think that's a thing. I, I think know. the reason Waxic never joined Space Soldiers back in the day was because he didn't get on with one or two of the players, and I have a feeling it was Calix. I mean, Calix isn't playing for them anymore. It's Major, Paz, Engine, Logic Man, and Emor. 
I would be very surprised if Waxik decided to join that team. He, I'm sure he believes that he's better than that. And he probably sure isn't he wrong. Does. I'm sure I he think... does. I'm sure he's right. But that gives him it gives him pinging less 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 ping issues. There's English somewhere there. I promise. I actually think Issa might go to the US if he can sort out his visa. From what I gather, he's a very animated guy. He's loud. He's emotional. And I think that type of person tends to do well in the NA scene because it is a bit more, the comms are a bit more loud and aggressive and it's all, it's a bit more brash. And I actually think he would fit in quite well. He then could go and do what OC's doing and absolutely destroy the tier two NA scene, get back some of that confidence and that level of play that we know Issa has because he showed it time and time again on Hellraiser's how good he can be. I actually think he might end up maybe going to one of the NA teams. However, it's trying to find a spot for him on one of those teams because at the moment they don't exist. I can't see him going to Cloud9, who are the you know the team everyone always talks about. Oh, is he going to Cloud9? I can't see that happening. Maybe he joins the flusher team that doesn't yet exist. I have no idea. Where Issa goes is almost as difficult to like suggest as who OG are going to sign. Yeah, because he he really can go anywhere as long as he can go to the place. Like it, it his options are limited to his ping. I think. Yes, and his visa, which seems to be a, a constant thorn in his side. Sadly, well, it's I feel shame, like the, really those two things are connected with each other. Yeah, well, quite. All right, let's move on to the post plant where we talk about the rest of the news from this week that doesn't have to do with Issa getting benched from OG. Bomb has been planted. Uh, Nevera was officially stepped down to a non-active status, which is the legal terminology in which Vitality used, from Vitality from their six-man position to go back to a five-man team. Vitality went on to say something along the lines of like this: they really wanted the six-man, they liked the six-man, they want the six-man to continue to work. But because of Valve's new rules regarding six men and losing points and not being able to use six men during the major, basically was a pain in their ass. And they were like, we'd rather practice with the six people and not have to screw over uh, Nivera and the rest of his Counter-Strike career, which all good on Vitality there. Like, respect for you to give the guy his, his life back. Yeah. Is the six-man experiment just not working? It seems like Astralis did it and everyone followed because they thought, well, Astralis are doing it, so it must be good. And then Astralis just like, don't use the sixth man, only did it because Glaive wanted to take a break and Zipnix was taking a break. And then everyone seemed to just follow it like, oh, Astralis are doing it. They're the best team in the world. Everything they do must be right. And then... The two teams who were doing it best, one of them doesn't use their sixth man, and the other one's dropped their sixth man. So, yeah, is it just a, is it a bust? It feels like a bust to me. I I feel like part of the reason it's a bust is because of the the Valve major rule change that happened. I think if Vitality was, if it didn't screw them over in the major and in RMR events, they would continue to use Nivera. I think they've had a lot of success in using Nivera. They expanded their map pool using Nivera. I think there's a lot of good stuff that came from the six man on Vitality, and we can see how it works really, really well. 
but we also have seen how it's been iffy on some other stuff. Um, I'm thinking kind of towards Navi's Inferno with Bit instead of Flamey, how sometimes that's very hit or miss depending on how well Bit is playing in a given day. That really, that one, Navi one, really feels like them trying to see how good the player is without making, without having to cut somebody first. I think if Bit was successful and was really successful, they wouldn't even think about it. They just cut Flamey and put Bit in immediately. I don't think it's, oh, we're experimenting with a six man roster. I think it's, we're trying out Bit, but we don't want to let Flamey know he's being cut yet. <laughs> All right. I, I honestly think I don't think I don't think any team who uses a sixth six man roster other than Vitality who are the most good faith in doing it, and even then, it's clear that one of the you know, as soon as this changes, oh well, I guess we can't do it by Nevera. You are only a only a stand in anyway. I mean, Nevera Nevera had to know from the beginning that he was the sixth man. It wasn't like he was going to take a slot on the team. I mean, he he was very good and. All of us will continue to say that, and he deserves to be on a good team at this point. He's definitely proven his worth, but like he was definitely the sixth man on the team. But what is the the end goal? You see somebody like Nevera, who a lot of the time was the second best player on Vitality when he played. Yeah, and then as soon as the going gets tough, it's like, oh yeah, no, Gerrit and Nevera, keep Apex, keep RPK, keep. Uh, Misuta. I mean, I understand the keeping. Apex, Wasn't Nevera better but... than Nevera was better than Misuta? Am I, am I mad? No, I, 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 hundred percent agree with that. I think Nevera looked like the better player, even though so Nevera replaced Shocks on most maps. It wasn't well, even Misuta. Yeah, I'm fine, and I think he looked better than Shocks a lot of the time as well. I don't understand yeah. why Nevera is the one who leaves. Maybe I'm missing something. Maybe it's a role thing. Maybe they think he's only good at the few maps he played. And then they can just live on without him and just put shocks back in and it'll be fine. But also the fact that they've now experimented with the six man roster means shocks hasn't played dust two for about six months. So when it comes to the major, he hasn't really played that much of this map. He hasn't played as much of the map as everyone else. So you've, you've put yourself at deficit now. It's not only experimented, they succeeded on that. So there was no reason for them to, for like shocks to practice dust two with them. Like, like that, that's the best, that's the best, explanation i think actually the best better explanation is inferno but there's no reason for shocks to have practiced inferno because nivera was playing the map nivera was doing great on the map there's no reason for him to touch it now he's got to come back to it cold because they were having such success with it he's got to come back to it cold and he's got to come back and he has to do he now has full like scrim time so he's back working more than he was before on maps that he hasn't played for a few months and now it's like maybe part of it was because they wanted some of their players to rest a bit more. Maybe shocks was getting burnt out. So they gave him a little bit less scrim time, a little bit, little bit less stage time to sort of ease that. And now it's just like, Oh yeah, no, we're back now. You're playing every game. You're scrimming every game. I mean, we saw apex take a break for a week and then come back, which is very weird. I don't know why they didn't just say he was being subbed out as the sixth man, because that's essentially what happened. He was subbed out for a week. It all seems a little bit strange to me. I don't think the sixth man, six man rosters are, I don't think any of them are really working that well. Vitality was the best one, and they've given up on it because of the major. So I don't know why other teams... I mean, Sprout picked one up today, and it's like, read the room, man. <laughs> Nobody else is doing this anymore. 
They're just trying to follow. They're just a little late. All right, let's talk about let's talk about Sphinx again. We talked about him a little bit on the top on our quick Israeli player finder. Um, so after three days of play in Group B for uh, ESL Pro League, Sphinx has gone off. Ents has looked like actually a decent team. Is this supposed to be said Sphinx or Sphinx? I don't know if it's just like a pronunciation thing. Well, I I totally typed it around the show notes. It should be S P I N X. Yeah, I didn't know if it was meant to be said Sphinx or something. I don't know. I'm I'm just either way. He has been insane. He he dropped like he had two massive maps against G two, one massive map against N I P. Okay, they got blown out on the other two, but that was a team wide issue as well. I mean, one of them was sixteen two. You can't really blame him for not doing well in that game and in essentially every map they've won he's been their best player he's looked like he's looked like their best player and easily a replacement for for yampi obviously who left to um lego csgo (laughs) what a weird team this is though you just look at it and it's like how is this team good I'm so confused. I don't. I do not know what to think about Ents. I have absolutely no idea. I don't think anyone knows what to think about Ents. I think that's probably the reason why they're winning a little bit more than we think they should. Is because nobody knows what to think about this team. Because nobody knows anything about this team. How good is Sphinx that this team is winning games? Like, okay, he was plus eighteen against G two. He was plus eighteen with almost a hundred ADR. For reference, Nico had a plus nine in that game and he only had an 80 ADR that's across three maps train Mirage and nuke he had a 1.42 rating against g2 I don't really think I'd even looked at who was on ends until like just before we went live and it I've looked at it again and it I still don't understand how this is a team that's winning games how is a team with Alu snappy dotto Diha and Sphinx, like beating G2 comfortably. How is it going to three maps with Mouseport? The worst part is you become more confused when you start looking at the roster. Yeah, I thought I was, I was like, oh, maybe Ents are actually pretty good. You know, they got a young up and coming. They got Snappy and Alu and Diha. He's been around for a while. Dotto, who kind of looks like a younger version of a Natu. He looks, he looks like a younger version of Natu. <laughs> He does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, D has much younger than I thought, but it's still like it's not a team of young players that's come out of nowhere. These are mostly established players, and then Spinks just like absolutely just going mental, and and they're just beating good teams. And I have no idea how this team is good. But then I had no idea how the old Ents was good either. They're Hold just on. sort of massive underdogs all the time, and they're really Speaking good at. Of- Speaking of players that we we're surprised by their age, Snappy is 30 years old. Yeah, I knew that one. I knew Snappy was old. I said old. I mean he's five years old. He's not that old, but Alright, let's talk about let's talk about extra salt because Jesus Christ, extra salt. Um, they didn't drop a single map in winning Dream Pack open. They had the quote unquote easier path because they didn't have to play liquid, but like who cares? Because they didn't drop a map and OC just literally be hopped on everyone. Yeah, OC was just like MVP of the tournament by a mile. The only player who even came close was safe on pain. And that was mainly because he absolutely ditched liquid on Dust 2. OC is just, just... Oh my god. OC is the NA MVP. It, it, like, it doesn't matter 
what what team you're on nothing it does not tournaments he's just the mvp i'm actually kind of upset that he didn't t- uh i think he was offered by cloud nine to take that cloud nine thing and how much better would cloud nine be right now if they had oc on that team it's difficult I mean, they'd definitely be better now. Obviously, they wanted Woxic, so OC wouldn't have yeah. been orping, which is probably why, or part of the reason why OC turned them down. I think Op- DreamHack Open was strange. Liquid were playing with Fallen on 150 ping, which is yeah. a mitigating factor is the reason they lost. But they did get absolutely dominated by Safe on Dust2, who is a really odd player to watch because... You know that meme of like the, is it just me or is Guardian a bit of a boring player? Yeah. Safe is just that. He's like kind of boring. He doesn't seem to do that much. And then you just look up and he's got 40 kills. You're like, how's he done that? When, when did this happen? It's like a quiet 40. Yeah. He just, yeah. He gets a quiet 25 kills every map. He's he's really good. I think Big Uzera is really, really, he's one of the best players I've seen um come out of brazil in a little while i think big Uzera is terrific and i really wanted pain to win the final and i really don't think they deserve to lose 3-0 they played very well on every map and each one it was like 16 12 16 13 16 14 or something similar to that and they looked really good on every map and they really did push extra salt it is worrying for liquid to lose to them although they can always point to Fallen's ping. Elise still looked like an absolute gamer for the whole tournament. He was he was Johnny destroying Jabs, people. Uh, I, th- I think Elise, I think somebody tweeted along the lines or made a Reddit post or something about like, yeah, no, Fallen was on ping and they, they weren't playing well because Fallen was on high ping. And Elise just responded to that with like, no, nah, we just we played like shit. Like it, there's there's a point in which I'm worried about them like at quote unquote liquid as a team. And then there's a point where it's just like, yeah, no, they played shit. They understand they played shit. Get them next time. Like you see it every once in a while. uh, To me, it's not a worrying factor yet. I think that's fake modesty on Elise's part though. There's no way that Fallen's ping didn't affect. Oh, it definitely affected them, but it doesn't affect you to lose against, lose a two, one against like a a team like pain to that degree. I I mean, there's a disservice to pain though. I, I, I agree it does a disservice to Maine, but Liquid's also the number four team in the world right now for decently good reason. They've looked really good when they've been in the same place together. They've they've been playing very well recently. Uh, like, if you're going to say that one week we're going to have a clusterfuck of a game, uh, this is the kind of week to have it. Oh, absolutely. I'm not necessarily necessarily saying I'm worried about them. I just think that Elijah's being... Elijah's taking blame for something that isn't his fault. They got pounded by the enemy orper on dust too fallen is notoriously good at orp versus orp like he will study the opposition orper and he will kill the opposition orper he doesn't really care about killing rifles he just wants to kill the opposition orper with an orp duel when somebody like safe is going off fallen is the player you want to shut that down and he just can't duel them because his ping's too high it it was a real problem for them and I think Elise saying, oh, you know, yeah, we can't blame the ping. It's just him being sort of modest. It was definitely a big reason they lost the game. Maybe the biggest reason. But it is doing a disservice to Payne to say, I think it's like unfair to Payne to say, oh, you know, we just didn't play well. Payne are a good team. They are a really decent team. I I, I quite enjoyed watching them. Um, 
and I think they they deserve to win that game. But it would be a very different game if Fallen was playing. And I think it would be unfair to Payne to say, oh, no, Lickled are just playing badly. I think it would have been a really fun game to watch if Fallen was on normal ping because it would have been pretty close, I think, rather than a bit of a blowout on us too. All right. All right. I can see that one. All right. And let's now move to overtime, which is our new segment. Well, it's our old segment, but it's just been reconditioned now to take some questions from you guys who listen to us. And we're going to answer them really quickly. Our first question from Oladin on Discord is, what's our predictions for the rest of the uh, ESL Pro League groups? I've included a screenshot here for your perusal on what the groups are, because I didn't remember the groups. Let's start with Group B, which is G2, NIP, Vitality, Ents, FaZe, and Mouse Sports. I think we can say that G2 and Vitality will probably be top two in this group, maybe? I think NIP might finish top two. Vitality... I, I don't trust Vitality at the yeah. moment. I definitely don't trust G2. But then I don't trust Ents because I don't even know how they're winning games. It's, we've, we've, talked, I mean, God. we've talked about NIP a trillion times on the... That's the we, problem. I we can't, can never I can't, question them. <laughs> I can't in good faith say NIP are going to qualify because I don't really believe it. Yeah, but at the same so, rate, I kind of do. I actually think I think NIP are going to win the group. I say I'm putting my foot down. NIP are going to win the group. There's only five games. Mouse Sports has already lost three. They're not going to make it. We can say that with certainty. Phase probably not going to make it. G2, Nip, Vitality, Ants are all two and one with two games left to play. And one of those teams misses and out. <laughs> one of those teams misses out. I have to say it's Ants. I, I I can't see any other. I just. I can't see Ents somehow getting out. Like that would mean one of G two NIP or Vitality doesn't qualify. Maybe there's a world where G two completely shit the bed. I could see I, that. I, I think mean, I, could, I could actually see any of them missing out, but it seems a lot less likely than Ents missing out. There is a real timeline in which you and I can definitely see that NIP misses out because it's NIP. There's, there's, <laughs> that's the only logic the only logic for oh, NIP yeah. missing out is well it's NIP but that is infallible, infallible logic because I was going to say when does that logic ever proved us wrong it's <laughs> <laughs> words to live by on this show alright let's look at look, look into group C really quickly Navi, Furia, Gambit, Cloud9 Team1, MIBR this is a tough group it's a very difficult group to call I think the obvious answer, answer, right, is Navi, Furia, Gambit go through. The more interesting question is how many games do Cloud9 win? No, I think the more interesting answer is how many games do Team 1 lose? Zero. I, I mean, I'm, I'm not sure that that's the wrong answer, to be honest. I think... Okay, so the actual question is, which of these teams is Navi just somehow lose games too because it's going out navi always is they never they're never perfect they're going to lose to somebody oh they're going to lose to mibr and this could be mibr's one win in the group that's definitely how it's i could work. definitely see that i could also see them losing to cloud nine and cloud nine losing every other game uh yep yeah, i can see that too i think the gambit gambit are like the most gambit are the most obvious team to finish top i feel like because navi are 
I'm almost certainly going to lose to somebody, but I don't actually see Gambit losing to anyone other than Na'Vi. Alright, my personal opinion on getting out of this group, it's Gambit first, Na'Vi second, Team 1 third. But I could be very wrong. <laughs> I think it's Fury a third. I'd be, I, I have a lot of faith in Junior. I think Junior's really good. Yeah, but I've got a lot of faith in Malv's MD, man. <laughs> I have a lot of faith in Malv's, but his teammates are just not as good as the rest of Furia. I think Malv's is stuck in Elo L. They could. Fury can but, have an off day on. and just yeah. There, there should be a team called Elo Hell from NA, and it's just Malv's and OC and like a couple other people <laughs> and um and Cynic. Yep. There, there we go. And Shakezula. Shakezula's not in Elo Hell. He's he's kind of. Yeah, but he's he's, he's the de facto underwhelming, IGL. He's underwhelming in the server. He's goated out he's, of it. He's the de facto IGL of the Elo Hell. Turmoon is coach. That That's works probably too. Fair. That's probably fair. All right, let's talk about Group D, which is the theoretical group of death. Uh, How this goes, I have zero clue. It's Astralis, Liquid, Virtus Pro, Evil Geniuses, Fanatic, and Endpoint. This is scary. I think Fanatic, Endpoint don't make this, but I have no clue. I think no Fanatic are finishing bottom. I think I think Endpoint's going to take a take a map. I think, I think Endpoint will beat Fnatic. I don't know who they'll beat, but I think Endpoint's going to beat somebody. And knowing Liquid, they're going to lose to an Endpoint. Liquid, I'm not convinced <laughs> about. I'm assuming Fallen will be back with the team for this. I believe I'm they'll be in Europe. He'll be in Europe. So, so my guess is he's not leaving Europe because he knew he would have to come right back and the visa stuff and. That kind of stuff. I believe he was in Brazil, in. but I could be wrong. Either I think way, he's still in Europe, but I think Fnatic will finish bottom of this group. I think Endpoint will finish. I think they'll finish fourth with potentially Liquid or EG below them. I think Virtus Pro will probably win this group. Virtus Pro look unstoppable at the moment. I even think to eh, Astralis. I think eh, G will probably be that that fifth team. Um, it is with Oppo, so that's what that's yeah, what. Well, that, that's my that's my stipulation on this is I have no clue the amount of practice they've gotten in. I have no clue how much of an immediate impact Obo makes onto the team comparatively to Ethan's prior impact. I have no clue about any of that, so it's a big question mark for me right now. But based on my thoughts, which hopefully that's what I'd normally base things on, but based on my <laughs> thoughts, EG finishes fifth in this group. <laughs> I can definitely see that happening, but I don't see, I don't see that's a bad thing to happen to EG. I'm going to be honest here because the three teams above them, like three of the teams above them will be Astralis, Liquid, and Virtus Pro, which are definitely better teams than them. Yeah, that's fair. The only thing I can't see, can't see not happening. So the only thing I think is definite is that Astralis will get out of this group in the top three. I can see a world where Liquid or VP don't get through. But I also do think VP will win the group, if you see what I'm saying. They're high yes. variance, but I think their peak right now low low floor high is ceiling. insane. Yeah. All right. I, I can see them winning the group. All right, let's move on to the next question. Uh Animo G on Twitter. As Animo G on Twitter. As you know, we've seen I have a history of not being able to read people's names on Twitter. Um, purely based off a tweet I think I saw you made. If Nico isn't a top five player in the world, who is and where do we put Nico in that kind of ranking? Right. Simple <laughs> Zywoo, Rops, 
device, and the f- the last player in that top it's OC. five. It's OC. There's no. It's Malv's MD. I <laughs> honestly think right now, Yakanda is a top five player in the world. I'd agree with that. I think Nico is six looking in. I think Nico is like eighth or ninth. I don't know exactly who's ahead of him off the top of my head. Maybe I'd put. I'd probably put Shiro up there. I think I think you have to put Shiro up there. Elise is somewhere in that conversation. Some people will put Electronic in there. I think right now, Nico's probably like seventh or eighth. He's he's almost certainly top ten. I just don't think he's top the five. best. Yeah, I, I I've always thought he was a little bit. He seems to always be on teams that are slightly worse than their skill level, and I don't think it's coincidental. FaZe was the only time he was on a genuine superstar team that was actually good. And even then, they had massive problems. Like, they never dominated. They always had issues. And they choked a major final against a North American team. There's, like, they, literally nothing they worse you could do. Of, they choked quite a few finals. It was a real talking point. At the time. There was the one... They lost the best of five to Fnatic when Fnatic weren't even that good. When like Flusher got that two v five ace, that stole a round that he had no right in winning. That that was just a, a thing that Faze did, and yeah, maybe it was just bad luck. Maybe um, it's unfair to blame that on Nico, but I don't think it's coincidental that the teams he's on always seem to have issues and don't quite play to the level that you'd imagine. Whereas I think Rops is genuinely top five, and I think at the moment you're hard pressed to find anyone better than Yukanda. I'd like to just state that uh, three out of those five players are all using sixteen nine now, so sixteen nine master resolution at this point. Um, uh, okay, so from Arthur Muller ninety eight on Twitter, who is the most promising team right now? I, I think there's a European promising team and I think there's a North American promising team. And I think the North American one's pretty obvious. I think it's probably extra salt. That's probably fair. I, I do like pain. I think pain. Are really I do exciting. like pain. Uh, I think pain is probably a really good team as well, but extra salt is just, you, you, we were, we said this at the beginning of the show. OC is smurfing on the NA scene and in conjunction, extra salt is smurfing on the NA scene. There's just, they, they're, they could go to Europe right now and probably do better than Renegades did when they went to Europe. Which is not difficult, but still. <laughs> yeah, I, I would I would still say Payne are the more exciting team from that region, purely because I've seen Extra Salt, I've seen Cloud9 before that. I know what these players do. Payne are a little bit newer. We haven't seen that much of Safe. I mean, he hasn't been playing for that long. I haven't seen that much of Big Zero and Hard Zao. These are players that I'm always excited I was more excited to watch them than I was to watch Extra Salt, even though Extra Salt won. So I would say them. And when it comes to Europe, most promising team, I think you have to say somebody like, well, Ents are pretty promising in terms of, or Havu. Maybe Havu's the correct answer because they came out of absolutely nowhere almost and like immediately shot to the top of people's like watchers. Like, are these guys actually good? And they're pretty exciting. It's it's a Finnish team, which is something we we don't see often at the top level of Counter Strike, and they genuinely look decent. Like they looked really good. So I would say maybe Havu 
is the most promising team in EU right now? Not a promising team for me because I'd agree with the Hadley thing, but a fun team to watch is Endpoint. I find yeah, I think really Endpoint's fun a to watch. good answer as well. I think I, think I, I don't think they're like as promising as every other team that we've named. Like, like Pain, Extra Salt, and Havu could legitimately like fight a lot of the top ten, top fifteen teams. I think. Um, I don't think Endpoint can probably do that, but I think Endpoint's a really fun team to watch, and Flames has been doing pretty well on there, and I'm excited to see what they continue with that. All right, our last question: If you could put any skin onto the AK that that isn't if you put any skin that isn't on an ak onto an ak what skin would it be so my answer for this is the orp paw i want an ak paw even though it kind of ruins the the um, anagram because orp paw same letters but ak paw i want little dogs on my ak and that's great <laughs> um my mine's probably a really stupid niche thing but i want the mecha industries on the ak because i've gone by mechatronic now for years and which means i think i i'm legally obligated to have all of the mecha industry skins at least for anything i use i don't have the a1s because i'm still on the a4 but like i think that would be really cool um i'm also always on the neo-noir train so neo-noir but the one really weird skin that I'd love to have on AK would be the freehand from the knives. The freehand? Yeah, that was pretty cool. Just an all-purple AK with, like, gray little random hieroglyphics on it. I think that would look really, really sick. Back in the day when I used to go on, like, the 1v1 servers and, like, mess with the weapon skins, I always, like, the, there's a Jewelberetta Marina skin, which is just yellow and blue. <laughs> and I always yeah. thought that was actually quite cool. I would kind of like that on an AK as well. Yeah. I mean, like, here's a skin I really wouldn't like on the AK. I wouldn't like a Dragon Lore AK. Yeah, the Dragon Lore is kind of ugly. Medusa is yep. much cooler. I agree. Thank you. Thank you. Dragon Lore, most overrated skin in the game. Don't even at me. I mean, you can yeah. at me on that, whatever, but like, you're just wrong. All right. Yeah, I, I think it's be... pretty ugly. <laughs> All right, that's going to be it for this week after our barrage of hot takes. Um, we will see you guys again next week. Um, I don't know what we'll go over next week. We'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah, I, maybe it will come to us in a, well, not in a dream, but in a in a tweet an hour before we record, like the SN News did. Yeah, I mean, that, that seems to be what's happening. All right, maybe OG, it'll come in a dream. OG, bless us with something an hour before we record again next week. Uh, th thank you very much ahead of time. Uh, yeah, uh, that's going to be it for this week. Uh, we'll see you all next week. See ya. Hey guys, it's Logan. Thanks for listening to Overtime on Inferno. We'd greatly appreciate it if you could follow and review us on your favorite podcast player. If you have any feedback at all, please email me at logan at We'd love hearing feedback from our listeners.